Hi, everyone. I'm Scott Branley. And I'm Alicia Coakley. Every member of the church has a story to share, one that can instill faith, invite growth, and inspire others. On today's episode, we're going to hear how a recipe for love, service, and chocolate cake led one man to understand the importance of following promptings. Welcome to Latter-day Lights. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Latter-day Lights. We're so glad you're here with us today, and we have a special treat. We have Ken Williams with us. Ken, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, we're really excited. Um, We were just talking before we started, uh, you know, going live here on this or or recording this, that um, you came across our show through a couple different connections. Uh Uh-huh. Why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners how you found us? So the first the first connection that I had was you were on the Turtle House Fireside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember what the topic was, but um, you talked about the podcast. My brother is the host of yes, the, Mark. the Fireside. Yep. I've been on a couple of times. And so um, I, that's how I found the podcast. And I started listening. And I think it's a fantastic idea to have an opportunity to dig into stories, people yeah. uh, and their stories of faith. And um, an earlier guest, Stephanie, Frank uh, we have two friends Frank and we had to <laughs> them in the world at the same time. And so I still, even it's been years, but I still have to think about, okay, which one am I talking about? But oh. <laughs> uh, Frank was on the podcast, um, one of the early episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've known the uh, Frankums and we were in the same ward out here. He served his mission in Indianapolis. And so nice. And I've been listening ever since. So here I, I am. love it. And I love your brother's podcast too. I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to be recording this Friday, okay. another one, uh, you know, for him or whatever. But I love, I love that there's so much good out there and it's, yes. it's really not hard to find. But I feel like once you start looking for it, it's like almost hard to stop finding. Does that make right. sense? You know, like like so many things just kind of come up and and lead you to like one thing to another to another. So I I love that. I think that's awesome and just makes me happy. I'm gonna have to go listen to yours. I'm gonna have to research and yeah. <laughs> find when yours. I don't one. catch all of Mark's, but um, yeah. it's they've got really good, really good stories and stuff on there too. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah so I've got awesome. one coming up. Uh, the end of the month. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Well, we'll have to keep our eyes and ears open. There's one that, that will air on the 22nd, which people may have to go back and, (laughs) and that's going to be on, I don't remember the the exact title, but it's when someone you love leaves the church and that'll be part of my story. So I'll share that a little bit later on. And then I'll be recording one uh, the week after that on uh, leaving your burdens at Christ's feet. Oh, nice. It's um, given me some really interesting things to think about. That's awesome. I The one that I have, the topic I have, I didn't choose it. They just asked, you know, hey, and it's, um, I'm in conflict. What would Jesus do? And I'm like, Ooh. I, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I still don't know what I'm talking about yet. So I have a few days to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll see. It'll be a surprise to me just as much as <laughs> to everyone else. <laughs> oh, but it's that's awesome. So, so you're a professional podcast guest now. 
at this point. I've been on a few podcasts. I've got my own podcast. I actually have uh, three podcasts. And Oh, nice. Yeah, so, nice. Uh, cool. Now, and what's your podcast about? I, the first one that I started is called Chocolate Cake Bites. And okay. that is, um, it started out as a kind of a, a way for me to talk about my story and what I, mm-hmm. what I do. And then I started the second podcast uh, with my life coaching. Uh, it's the Bad Boss Podcast. I work with people that are oh. um, have difficult bosses. Not that okay. it ever happens with anybody. And then my <laughs> third podcast is the Ward Podcast. So I've got uh, a podcast for where I sit down with members of my ward and I just get to know them a little bit better. And it's a lot of fun. What? That's so cool. Oh, I might want to do that. Yeah. I'll give you credit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blast. I've had people on the podcast that have been in the ward for, and, I, and I've known them for decades, mm-hmm. and I'm learning about their stories, elements of their stories that I had no idea. It's It's been a lot of fun. Wow. That is such a great idea. I absolutely love that. Scott, we need to get on that. <laughs> we need we to do that. We only have so much words. time, in, oh, Uncle Alicia. We have eternity, Scott. You Come on. Words there. There are. <laughs> that is a really cool idea it is a really cool idea i love that oh well that just made me feel good so awesome well what what else about you you're obviously a professional podcaster you make chocolate cake which we're going to talk about in just a little bit i am um a i have five kids they were born in alphabetical order, which is uh, (laughs) super convenient (laughs) allison brendan chris Dalton, and edison there you and, go. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not coaching people. I work at FedEx. Uh, I work overnight. So that's um, a lot of fun. And um, it's a lot of fun. Most of the time, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I have my own moments that I'm ready to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> not have all of those moments. But it's, it's, I love, I get to, my team's loading off load the planes. And so I get to be around the planes in the airport. Mm. And it's just, it's a blast. I love what I do. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, I I like when FedEx comes and brings me stuff. So if ever you want to just throw some extra packages in my direction, I'll take them. Especially if there's chocolate cake. (laughs) I have been known to to send chocolate cake through FedEx before. Oh, nice. (laughs) Very cool. All right. Awesome, Ken. Well, why don't you share your story with us today? All right. Sounds good. And as I've thought about my story, I've, it's I have a hard time figuring out where it really started. And I think it kind of started when I was when I was a kid. And my dad had a story that he told us. It was one of my absolute favorite stories as I was growing up. And it, I just knew it as a Thanksgiving turkey story. Mm-hmm. And the way he told the story, I don't even know if it's true. I don't know how true it is. I'm sure there's some <laughs> elements of truth. But he talked about I think it was shortly after his mission, he and his cousin went to a a fall harvest type dance and they got tickets for a door prize as they went in. They're meeting the girls and getting numbers, all the fun things that, that young recently returned missionaries would do. And at the end of the dance, they're calling off uh, the uh, prizes for the door prize. And, and my dad looks at his ticket. He's the winner of one of the prizes. It's a Thanksgiving Turkey Thanksgiving time. He was super excited about that. So he goes around back, grabs the turkey. It's a live turkey in a crate. Not exactly. <laughs> he did not grow up in the country. So he is um, not quite sure what to do with this. So he and his cousin are trying to collaborate. And his uncle was a branch president and said, you know, there's a family in the branch that 
really is struggling right now and they will never ask for help. But if they got a turkey, it would be a game changer for them. And they thought, since they're not going to accept charity, how do we do this? And the idea was, my dad said, they don't know me. I'm just going to call them. I'll pretend I'm a radio DJ and we'll let them win the turkey. <laughs> Fantastic. So one of the greatest disappointments in my life is I, he could not remember what the questions were that he asked, but they were super simple questions. The one that he does remember is, uh, what is the name of the Lone Ranger's horse? And for people who know the Lone Ranger, they know that that is silver. silver well, the lady yeah. answered every single question wrong. So she, he'd ask a question, she'd answer it wrong. Well, what do you do? So he was enthusiastic and he said, congratulations, you're right. He lied every single time. And she, <laughs> one, um, she said, the Lone Ranger's horse is Tonto. No. <laughs> but he said, you're right. Congratulations. You've won a Thanksgiving turkey. And our people will bring it by. She was so thrilled. And they did the ding dong dish. They dropped this crate off in front of the house and they just took off. A couple of hours later, they drove back by and they saw the husband. He was plucking this turkey and they thought it was hilarious. And it was sometime later that um, my dad's cousin said, hey, did I ever tell you what happened? And he hadn't, my dad hadn't heard the story. So his cousin said, what happened after was this woman got up in testimony meeting and she said, I want you to know God answers prayers. And the kids had been praying. They knew that things were tight and they weren't going to have a turkey this year. And they'd been praying for a turkey. And the mom was just so concerned that, yes, God answers prayers, but not these prayers and not our prayers this way. And please don't be disappointed if we don't get a turkey. And then this nice man from the radio station called. And I don't know how I did it but I won the turkey. <laughs> and I thought, as I heard this story over and over and over again, as I was growing up, I thought, that's just so amazing how mm -hmm. God answer prayers. And <clears throat> sometimes when we're just being goofy, we're just being silly with the, the experiences that we have. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the background. Um, a couple other stories that kind of build the framework. I was on the high council. I was fairly new on the high council many years ago. And I was um, assigned to work with the young men and young women. And there's not a better assignment on the high council than to work with the youth. So I got to go to girls camp and I was one of the, the priesthood holders that got to go and support and I'm moving tents and cutting logs. I'm doing all the fun things. And occasionally we would be asked to, to give blessings. And so the other uh, priesthood holder with me, Christian, he and I would uh, alternate. He would be voice, then I would be voice, and he would be voice, then I'd be voice. And so this is, I think it was Thursday, and the um, the moment <laughs> that we were in, it was about two in the afternoon, and I had been given the assignment to teach the young woman a mini class on sign language, American sign language. My wife and I both uh, inter interpret at church, and we were going to talk wow. about high on a mountaintop. And I was going to teach them some signs. I was going to talk about some of the, the symbolism and the temple and all that. And as the class is supposed to start, I get summoned by one of the camp leaders, Brother Williams, we need, we need you over here. We have a young woman who needs a blessing. Mm -hmm. Now I'm conflicted. On one hand, I have this commitment. But on the other hand, I have this commitment. And 
I was able to get some things taken care of for the mini class. That was off my plate for a few minutes. And I got to the the cabin where this young one, young woman was, and she was a little bit different. She was not super popular. She was not one of the the, uh, people who seemed to have a lot of friends. And the situation was a little bit odd, a little bit unusual. And I still have in the back of my mind, I've got this mini class. I've got to get to that. And I remember reminding myself that she deserves 100% of my attention. Mm. And so as I'm there trying to put myself in the right, the right mindset to give a blessing, I remember thinking that's taken care of. I don't have to worry about that. And as I was just focusing, and I don't know, Scott, how your experience is or anybody else, when they offer blessings, I get uh, the best way I can describe it is I get impressions that I try to put into words. And sometimes that's easy. Sometimes it's not very easy. So I put my hands on this, this kid's head, this young woman. And um, I, I cannot describe what happened, but I felt, I felt how deeply this young woman was loved by her father in heaven. I, I experienced that love and I tried to put it into words and I can't put it into words. And I got emotional and she got emotional and Christian got emotional and the young women's leaders in there were getting emotional. And the best that I could do was you are a deeply loved daughter of a heavenly father. And I, that was, that was a pivotal moment in my life, in my life to recognize how deeply loved this young woman is. It changed, it changed the way that I thought about her specifically, but how I thought about really everybody. And as these young women, and I know the theme has changed, but as the young women would stand at the time and say, we are daughters of a heavenly father who loves us. And I thought, I just want to shake you and say, you have no idea. <laughs> it is so true. And then at about the same time, I think it was probably a little bit after I was having my own personal struggle. I was trying to understand, does he really even know who I am? Does he care about me? And so I remember kneeling down and just asking, do you even know who I am? And for me, the answer was instant and it was complete and it was clear. And I know how he feels about me. And the thing that, that really kind of underlies the, the whole experience that I have with chocolate cake is that Heavenly Father knows who I am. He knows who you are and he loves us completely. Mm-hmm. And so my experience is just being a conduit for uh, for that love. So one last story to kind of set the framework. I've got a son. This is number two. This is B. <laughs> who has um, a few years ago decided that the church was not the direction that, that he thought he wanted to go. So he's taken a different path. He's actually left the church. And Carissa was on her mission and she was serving at Temple Square. Temple Square missionaries have wonderful rules where, at least at the time, if family were, were in town, they were encouraged to at least connect, to, to visit yeah. with family. And so here's my son, who at the time was not really even believing. And he wanted to, as he was traveling to California from Indiana to um, start a job, he wanted to just show up and see if he could connect with his sister. So the chance, the chance encounter, which I know happens, but that's what he wanted. He wanted to just go surprise her. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I work at the at the Indianapolis Temple on Friday nights. And so he called me Friday afternoon just before I was getting ready for my shift. And he said, Dad, I'm getting ready to go to uh, see Carissa. I want to surprise her. I told her he, he could plan this in advance. And he decided, nope, I want to just show up. I just want to surprise her. So I'm praying, please, <laughs> please let him have an experience that mm-hmm. will give him a connection with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I felt, and the best way I can describe it is it was like, a, a father. It was a very paternal feeling, kind of patting me on the head. And the the words that came to my mind was, I know where my children are. And I thought, mm-hmm. okay, I don't have to worry about it. And I can go to the temple. I can do my shift. I don't have to worry about, is he going to have the, the connection or the experience that he wants to have? But as I was walking by my locker at the temple, my smartwatch, smartwatch was notifying me that I was getting text messages and missed phone calls and things like that. And I thought, I told him I can't, can't answer. So that night, I get the whole story. I get all the all the pieces. And the flagpole, I don't know with the, the construction if they even have a flagpole there anymore, but right. The flagpole, right outside the tabernacle is where the, the tours would start. And Carissa would be, could be anywhere. She could be at Welfare Square, not even on the property. She could be in the teaching center, but she happened to be at the flagpole. So she's at the flagpole. Brendan's walking up, and then there's a family that walks up at the same. This is all at the same time. They all converge to the flagpole. The family is my sister and her family <gasps> from Seattle. No way. Really? And so, they didn't know. <laughs> so they came thinking, well, I wonder if we can bump into Carissa. And Brennan's there. Oh, and they, wow. What are the chances? And the chances are zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But as I hear the story, it just was a complete reinforcement. He knows his children. He knows where they are. And so if I can be a part of helping them feel the love that their father in heaven has for them, then that is going to bless, certainly it'll bless their life, but absolutely is going to bless my life. So many years ago, after, <laughs> after I, or before I was on the high council, I think if I can remember my timeline, right, I was um, the stake young men's president. And I was working with a young man, a young men's president, very small unit. It was a ward, but they only had seven boys. And he was struggling because the only reason that I'm the young men's president is because nobody else will do it. And I don't like these boys. They don't like me. And two of them were his own son. And so I had this, this idea. I know it was not mine, but I said, I want you to do something for me. And he said, okay, what is it? I said, I want you to pray for your boys all seven of them by name every day and just do that for a week for me and let me know what happens. And I don't remember what his experience was, but I know what my experience was. And it again, changed the way that I approach my callings. I was shortly after that released as young men's president called as a seminary teacher. And this is where the chocolate mm-hmm. cake really starts to build. I'm a seminary teacher and I started praying for my students by name every day. I had night oh. I prayed for him. And it was not anything spectacular. It was not anything in depth. It was not anything uh, really elaborate. It was Heavenly Father, please bless Joey. Please bless Naoto. Please bless. And I just went through by name. Bless uh, by name. All and I <laughs> I could do that because I could remember where each one of them sat. And I just went around <laughs> the world. and you didn't do everyone. it in alphabetical order. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm paying for these. And sometimes when you do that, it's like hitting a speed bump. And mm-hmm. I would think, okay, there's 
one that I need to pay attention to. And so mm -hmm. I would pay attention by either connecting, hey, just thinking about you um, as we're kind of crossing paths in, in seminary. Well, around the same time, my wife was, who's amazing, she was the compassionate service leader in the ward. And I got home from work and she made chocolate chip cookies, which are about the best. <laughs> and her cookies are so good. And so I reached up for one. She slapped my hand away and she said, those are not for you. <laughs> who, what, what, if they're not for me, who are they for? And she said, yeah. they're for family in the ward. And I said, okay, you've done meals. You've arranged babysitting for people, but cookies, what's going on with this family that they need cookies? Mm -hmm. And she said, I don't know just felt like they needed cookies. And I thought, okay, weirdo. <laughs> and so I didn't even think about it. I was disappointed that I didn't get any cookies, but um, it was about three weeks later, we get a phone call, voicemail from this family. Hey, just wanted to thank you so much for those cookies. That's exactly what we needed. And that stuck in my mind. It didn't do anything for me yet, but it stuck in my mind that that's just so weird. Who needs cookies? Mm -hmm. And I never learned what was going on. <laughs> well, I guess you do too. <laughs> so, shortly after that, I get home from work one night, it's date night, and and she had my wife had put together some canning jars with little ribbon wrapped around the neck, and black eyed Susans from the front front garden were in there. And I said, "Oh, that's really cool, flowers. Who are the flowers for?" She said, oh, "I don't know." There's a sister in the ward. Her mother just passed away, so I think I'll take some to her. But the rest. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so we're on date night. We go, we drop off the flowers and nobody's home. So we leave on the front porch with a note. And she turned to me and she said, so now where to? And a name popped into my mind and I was a big chicken. And I don't, I don't remember why, but I said, I don't know. Where are we going to go next? And she said, Let's go visit this family. It was one of my home teaching families, but it was the same family that had popped in my mind. Mm. And so I said, okay, that sounds good. So I go as a dutiful companion to my wife and she uh, goes up to the wife and she's having a nice chat. She gives her the flowers and the husband is in the middle of the driveway. There was a, a pallet, a skid of construction debris that was in the middle of the driveway, bags of concrete, bricks, things like that. And I could tell he was angry. He was just mad. And he's taking stuff off this pallet. And I go up and I said, hey, can I help you with that? No, I'll do it myself. And so I'm the home teacher. I'm here. I'm not going to just watch you work. Mm -hmm. I and we have a nice chat. Turns out there's a construction, uh, a lot of construction in the neighborhood. But somebody had dropped this pallet right in the, the literal middle of their driveway. Yes. And nobody would take ownership of it. Nobody would take responsibility for it. And they couldn't get their car in or out of their garage. And then their home teacher shows up with his wife giving flowers to his, to my wife, giving his wife flowers. And then I'm there. It's just an opportunity to serve. And so it was just a, um, a moment to be in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so all this is building. And I remember I was at a fireside or something like that. And I'd gotten some, some refreshments afterwards. And there were some brownies or cookies or something like that. And as I'm driving home, I'm excited. I'm going to go home and finish up these cookies. And, and I got to an intersection and I turned the wrong way. 
And it was not something that I thought about. It was something that just instantly happened. And I was going towards the house of one of my seminary students. And I thought, okay, I'll just, I hadn't seen her for a couple of days. So I thought I'll just knock on the door, give her, I've got a plate of brownies. I'll give her some brownies and, and uh, tell her I'm thinking about you, Mr. In class. And, and so it was a short doorstep. Hey, got some brownies for you. Just thinking about you. I hope to see you in class tomorrow. And a couple of days later, she came up and she said, thanks for the brownies. That was exactly what I needed. So then I have this reconnection with the cookies and the family mm-hmm. that needed cookies. And I thought there's, there's something going on. And I didn't quite understand what it was yet, but there's something happening that might make a difference. That might, I, it might be big. It might be significant. Mm-hmm. So my birthday's in November and at the time I would go to Costco and get, they have a, it's a huge, like a four layer, dark, heavy chocolate cake. And mm-hmm. I would buy it and I would, I would buy it for myself because nobody else would buy it for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I would cut the few pieces that I would end up eating. And so then I've got three quarters of a cake that's sitting on my counter. And my wife said, I don't want it here. Go yeah. get, get rid of it. Yeah. So there are a few people in the ward I know like chocolate cake. So I'd cut it up and I'd wrap it up and I'd, go on my little uh, excursions and I'm going to go visit this person or this family and I'm going to just share some chocolate cake. So I'm going to this family in the ward. They've got a dozen kids. It seems like they just, just chaos at their house. So I get to their house and I knock on the door and the spirit says, go visit your own teaching family. Happened to be the same family that I helped with the construction debris. They were in the same neighborhood. And I thought, all right, I'll get there. Let me share this cake and I'll take care of that. And nobody comes to the door. So I knock harder. And the spirit says, go visit your own teaching family. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard you the first time. I'll get, I'll get there. <laughs> Let me just share this cake. And there's no answer. And I know they're home. I can hear movement. I can see shadows. And I knock harder. I call. No answer. And the spirit mm-hmm. again says, go visit your own teaching family. And I finally figure out, oh, you mean now? So <laughs> I go with my home teaching family and just being me, when the wife answers the door, I gave her this plate of chocolate cake. And I said, the spirit said, I should bring you this chocolate cake. And she <laughs> takes it, not even noticing that it's chocolate cake, it seems. She puts it on the counter. She says, thanks so much for coming. Our infant son is sick. Would you help give him a blessing? Mm-hmm. So it's starting to come together that, okay, so I have this prompting and I end up being in the right place. I have this prompting. If I listen, I end up being where I need to be. Mm-hmm. So I started doing it on purpose. I started looking to see if um, if I can actually have an experience on purpose where I get prompted by the spirit. And mm-hmm. so I just, there's a, it's almost like a mantra that who do I know who needs chocolate cake? There was one time my wife was at the grocery store and they had some some flowers on clearance. So a couple dollars, she got some of those. And she went to Carissa and she said, Carissa, who do you know who needs flowers? And Carissa said, you know, there's a girl in my class that needs flowers. And this girl sometime later, testimony meeting, gets up and says, I just want you to know that I know God knows me and loves me because, and she tells a story about how she's been struggling with some anxiety and depression and Carissa just shows up with flowers. Mm. And so almost every Sunday 
almost every Sunday I make chocolate cake. And I just consider, I'll ask my kids, who do you know who needs chocolate cake? And my kids know that I do this. So Brendan mm-hmm. left the church. He's going to a different church and his pastor, Pastor Jody, loves chocolate cake. So Brendan will come and he'll say, um, do you have any cakes that I can take? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I make them to share. I'm not going to, I made 16 cakes. I'm not going to eat 16 cakes. Yeah. So take what you need. And so Pastor Jody loves the cake. And so, um, I've had, I've had some amazing experiences. I was sharing this, uh, this at girls camp, uh, several years ago. And one of the, the leaders came up and she said, do you remember when you shared chocolate cake with me? And I said, yeah, I remember it was a great, uh, a great visit. They had just moved into our ward. Um, Brendan and I had helped him move in two days later. I'm asking who do you know? Who's ch- who needs chocolate cake? And we talk about a few people and their name came to mind. So we stopped by, share chocolate cake with them, have a nice, nice chat. And she said, that was the worst weekend of my life. And I thought, I'm so sorry. What did I do? She said, no, we had just moved to the area. We didn't know anybody. And I was going through a horrible medical condition that I didn't feel any support for. And you mm-hmm. should have a cake. Wow. So the thing that's been amazing for me is when I consider the question, who do I know who needs chocolate cake? I always get an answer. I always get an answer. Sometimes. <laughs> so I take these, these cakes into work and I saw a, a buddy of mine and I walk up and I give him. So this is what the cakes look like. Just oh, perfect. Little size. Well, you can really cut it into four, but why would you? <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, thanks. That's exactly what I need. Okay. So, same question with chocolate chip cookies. Who needs cake? Nobody needs cake, but everybody needs cake. Mm-hmm. So what I did was um, I, I I wrote, so my my sweet wife, she's been on my case, or had been for a long time, that I needed to write my story. And I, I really struggled with it because I didn't mm-hmm. know how to, I didn't know how to put it all together. And I ended up doing a fireside and I realized I'm just going to, I'm just going to write my fireside. So I, so I put it into a book. It's called the chocolate cake phenomenon. It's a more delicious way to minister. And I have the recipe. Oh, I love it. So <laughs> I'm happy to show the recipe because people think that it's a family secret and it's not. Uh, my mom's recipe. But the great thing about it is that um, everybody needs chocolate cake. And it, and if you don't make chocolate cake, it works with cinnamon rolls or zucchini bread. Or I had somebody tell me that, that uh, after she heard the story, she said, I don't do cake, but I do dish towels. And so, she made this challenge for somebody. So whatever your gift is, whatever your talent is, share it and, and ask the question, who do I know who needs whatever it is that you offer? And Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have so many experiences that have just been, it's been so much fun to share chocolate cake. Everybody in my stake knows I'm the chocolate cake guy. And, and (laughs) for the family that I minister to, it's just so much fun. They had a birthday. One of their uh, kids had a birthday a few weeks ago. So I knock on the door so I can give them this cake. And the the mom says to her kids, who's here at seven o'clock on a Sunday night? And her daughter said, it's Gavin's birthday. Oh, <laughs> so with the chocolate cake. And the, it's so much fun. I've got one that I'll deliver later on tonight that that his birthday was on Wednesday and and his family they just, they just know wow. every, every one of their kids. 
they just know brother Williams is going to show up with, with chocolate cake. And, um, so I've had, um, uh, one of my recent experiences, I was, um, we have a, our, our current temple president, the very first words he said to me, I had not met him before. I walked past him and he looked at me, shook my hand. And he said, brother Williams, where's my chocolate cake? <laughs> well, I can make this happen. So I was walking out. This is several months later. I thought I had given him one, but I apparently hadn't. So I walked uh, as I was leaving after my shift. He said, Brother Williams, I'm still waiting for that cake. And I have. <laughs> so I said, let me go grab it. He said, no, I was just kidding. And no. And okay, don't you dare tell me not to share a cake with you. Yeah. <laughs> so I go back to my car. I grab it. I take it back in. And I gave him a copy of the book as well. Oh. And um, which uh, he was so kind as you would expect a temple president to be. He was so kind and, and he thanked me for the cake and for the, the book. And the next day he sent me an email and he said, thanks for the cake, but even more thanks for the book because I've been working on a talk and I have been struggling with this element and chapter one, that's the Turkey story. He said, chapter one, answered the question that I had. Wow. And there's this other talk that I've been, or this, this part of my own personal study that I've been trying to, I've been trying to dig into and I've been stuck on this one item and chapter three that answered that question. And so a couple of things that I've learned that, um, and I've, I've considered the question, when do I stop? And I don't think I can, <laughs> I don't know that yeah. I know how to stop. Number one, we have gifts, we have gifts and it might be making chocolate cake and it might be making zucchini bread or cinnamon rolls or, or dish towels or something else. Mm-hmm. And, when we, I am convinced that when we share our gifts, we are blessing people's lives and it is a bonus. It's a bonus, but it's not a requirement. It's a bonus. When we learn how we're blessing somebody else's life, Mm -hmm. it's not going to happen every time that somebody says, Oh, by the way, this is an answer to prayer because, but we'll get enough of that feedback that we know that we're on the, the Lord's errand. Mm-hmm. And um, number two, he wants us, he, Heavenly Father, wants us to, to demonstrate his love. He loves us so much that if I can do something to help you know that you're seen, that you're loved, that you're appreciated, he's, he, he, he wants me to do that. There's a scripture in, in Mosiah that says, not Mosaic, it's Moroni, that says any good thing, which includes chocolate cake, mm-hmm. any good thing comes from God. So yeah. I was bold. <laughs> Being bold is sometimes entertaining to see how the other people decide to handle that. But I was speaking in state conference and I boldly said chocolate cake is spiritual because this mm-hmm. is my experience with chocolate cake and I cannot accept the fact that it is not i it's mm-hmm. just it is and so the stake president as he should do got up after the the block of speakers and he said i endorse everything except i'm not convinced that chocolate <laughs> but <clears throat> if you give us a chance to counsel together we might come to us so i i think he just wanted <laughs> a chocolate cake that was the... <laughs> so that, night, that I was a hint that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had it. I had it. You're not supposed to have visual aids in state conference. And I had one. I broke some of the rules maybe, but so I had given him the cake, but I got this, this picture 
of the stake presidency surrounding this empty cake pan, Brother Williams, after counseling together, we've come to the conclusion that yes, chocolate cake is here. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> so, that's awesome. so that's my, that's my thing. It is um, one of the, one of the great, I, I think that as we discover a purpose and it's not necessarily the purpose that we have in our lives, but as we discover a purpose, I think Heavenly Father is going to drop breadcrumbs and let us know we're following a path that's that's leading us and others to Him. Mm-hmm. So there was one day, because I have the recipe in the book, there was one day Brennan had asked me if I had a copy of the book that he could borrow. And I just assumed that he wanted the recipe so that he could make cake because he wanted to share it with people. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, no, I'm I'm teaching Sunday school in my church today and, and I want to talk about ministering with chocolate cake. Aww. Oh, okay. Do you... Do you want to give the book to somebody in your class? He said, yeah, is that okay? Yes, absolutely. Aww. The world needs more chocolate cake. And it doesn't matter if they're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or other churches or no church, or if they're people that I work with or people that, I are, uh, that I'm neighbors with. Mm-hmm. Being able to, to just connect with people and help them feel, whether or not they recognize that's what it is, but help them know they are deeply, deeply loved children of heavenly parents. And I'm just here to remind them that they're seen and they're appreciated and they're loved. So there you go. And I do ship. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done, um, Mark, my brother is gluten-free. So I, I um, have done gluten-free cakes and, and a lot of wow. gluten-free is no good, but the cake is pretty good. And I've got a niece who's vegan and gluten-free and I've done vegan gluten-free cakes and it's pretty good. Wow. Not the same, but it's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) That is so cool. I love that you, that you and your wife both got your kids involved, that you're asking them like, who do you think could use this today? Cause I do think that a lot of times lessons, especially his parents, right? Like they just, in one ear, out the other, right? Like if we keep preaching at our children, a lot of the times it just kind of is not something that they like to hold on to, listen to, remember, apply any of that kind of stuff. But when we involve them and when we let them make some decisions, you know, and we just kind of, okay, like we're just going to follow your lead. What do you think? I think that oftentimes it opens a door, right? It opens a door for them to be able to learn lessons and then to get what they need out of it. But also... I I love that it's like a spiritual thing too, you know, and Mm -hmm. in today's world, we are so distracted by all the things that we need to do or all the entertainment that's available at our fingertips or, you know, all of the feelings that we have or the struggles that we're dealing with or whatever else. And so I think it's great just to kind of get out of yourself and to become, um, like a noticer, right? There's, I don't know if you guys have heard of Andy Andrews. I love him. He is my favorite author, but he wrote a book called The Noticer, um, a couple books. I think it's Noticer, The Noticer Returns, The Traveler's Gift. Just read all of them because they're amazing. So he talks about how important it is to be a noticer, to actually sit and observe the people around you and like the attitudes that they have and and the um, the way that they're treating themselves and treating others and, and just to kind of like be very, very present in the notice or in the moment, because it's in those moments that you can kind of be led to knowing how to help or how to like, in your case, how to share love. 
in some small way that could have such a profound difference. And so I love that, you know, that you guys are getting your kids involved. And I think it's awesome because I I was even sitting there thinking like, who do I know? Like, I'm not going to make chocolate cake because I just don't, I'm just not a baker or I'm an eater. I'm not a, I'm not a baker. I'm not a cook. I just like to eat things that other people bring me, <laughs> but I'm a shopper. So I can totally go shop for Costco cake sure. and cut it into quarters. And that, I mean, that's, yeah. I can do that. So yeah, I was just sitting there I was thinking, hmm. I was going to say, I'm not a baker, but I'm a buyer. <laughs> so when I was, when I was the Bishop, I would buy cookies. These I would, I would go and buy the big things of cookies and then I would make a dozen plates and mix okay. all the cookies together. Kind of a similar idea. I think cake, especially if you make, if you make something, it's obviously more meaningful, but mm-hmm. I felt that that helped me to break down barriers, especially if I went to somebody's house that I didn't, who I didn't know. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you can't bake, you can buy Alicia. <laughs> you can, I, you can buy. And I'm <laughs> really good at buying things. Just ask John. <laughs> There are some people that it's really easy to serve. It's really easy. I know this family likes chocolate cake. I can, it's, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't take anything, but then there are the families that I don't know as well. And mm-hmm. I don't know if they, you know, maybe they're gluten-free or maybe they're, uh, they've cut out sweets or maybe that. And I've, uh, there have been times that I've, I've tried to talk myself out of it. And uh, it's, again, it's almost always, I will say 100% of the time, it's a, a good experience. And mm-hmm. um, even the times where I'm a little bit cautious, it can be um, as simple as, hey, just wanted you to know I was thinking about you. Or <clears throat> happy birthday. Um, one of the great things, one, uh, one of my several colleagues, I have access to the, uh, the birthdays across the stake. And so I can, um, <laughs> I have my list whose birthday is, what day and I can, and, and it's just, it's fun to find out, okay, she's always waiting for this. This is the best part of her birthday. She's waiting for the cake. And, and oh. so it, it's fun to have that kind of a, a tradition, but huh. there are times that, um, if you, if you, uh, <clears throat> if you adopt the, the decision that you're going to act on promptings, there are going to be times that you try to talk, talk yourself out of it because oh, I don't know if, I don't know if they're going to accept it. I don't know if they're going to like it. I don't know if they, I don't know the person very well or whatever. And mm-hmm. I think it was uh, Camilla Kimball who said, never suppress a generous thought. And if somebody, and uh, the, the way I talk myself back into it is if somebody were to share something with me that I don't love, like mint chocolate chip ice cream, I can't imagine why that's even a thing. <sighs> but, <laughs> but again, it's the thought. It's the thought that somebody yeah. had of all of the crazy, all of the busy. Mm-hmm. They thought of you, right? And they thought of you enough to think, "I want to share this part of me that's important." Mint mm-hmm. chocolate chip ice cream, and that's just a, that's such a, a lovely experience. Yeah. And so I think you know, even if it's somebody who's gluten free, and I have a cake with gluten in it, they they may not eat it, but mm-hmm. I would doubt that they'd be offended. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, I've had, I've had people give me stuff before too. Granted, I have kids. So anything with sugar in it is going to get eaten. Like 
Mo- I'm pretty sure Scott probably brought me cookies, but I've never seen them because my children probably ate them before I knew about it. So um, even when you get something that you don't really need or want or whatever else, I think that's like a perfect opportunity to then think, who could use this? And then right. you just kind of, you know, like the, what's that paying it forward thing, right? Like yeah. that was really big for a while. So you could even incorporate something like that. There's a solution for our listeners. And the other thing that I've done, <laughs> there have been times that I'll I'll give somebody <laughs> cakes and I'll say, this one's for you. Mm-hmm. And share. Oh, I love that. Um, I was um, one of the, one of the experiences that I had where um, I was I was redirected by the spirit. There's a family in the ward that I just love this family, and they were go, going through some tough times. And I was on my way to visit them with some some cake. And as I was driving, I was redirected, and I learned my lesson from <laughs> the other times that. I was told, go visit one of your deacons. I was new in the young men's presidency and had been redirected to visit one of my deacons and just had uh, an experience. And and one of the great things, and I have done this with my kids as well, is to help them understand the reason I'm here is because of the spirit. I was going someplace else and the spirit said, no, I need to come visit you. And my wife is very bold. There was one time I saw this family at church and I thought, I don't know them, but I need to stop by with cake. And so my wife and I, I were out and I, <laughs> she's used to this now, but I said, is it okay if we take a detour and I want to go give cake to this family? And she said, yeah, did you know it's her birthday today? I said, no, I had no idea. So we're standing on the doorstep and I give her the cake and, and um, we're talking to the husband and wife and, and my wife says, just so you guys know the reason we're here, it's because the spirit led us here. And um you can do that with your kids and just reinforce that. Okay. Mm-hmm. When I asked, who do you know who needs chocolate cake? And you told me this name, why did, why was it that name? And it'll always mm. be some variation of, well, they, I just, that's who I thought of, or that's what feels right or whatever. And you can just, you can teach them that that's the spirit. This is how yeah. the spirit speaks to you. And so that when it happens later on, they can recognize it. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that. This, huh. this is a really cool idea. Um, I, I just love the concept of basically telling God that you're ready to to do whatever he needs you to do. Yeah. And and cake gives you the almost the excuse to go, but mm-hmm. but it's actually because you have you have the faith and you have that willingness to do what God, you know, be be an instrument in his hands, really. Right. Um, yeah, you're just. I'm here. I'm really ready to go. Do what you need me to do. I've got cake ready to go. Right. <laughs> I, I just love that yeah. concept because rather than being reactive and and, I mean, God will still prompt you when you're reactive, right? right. If He needs something yeah, so. done, He's going to. He's He's still going to use you as long as you're willing. But if you're proactive, I mean, that's that's rare. And I yeah. think, but I think if more people do it, I mean, we can just be that much more of an instrument in God's hand. So I love the concept. Mm-hmm. I like what you said there, Scott, about that. Cause it makes me think about this, uh, I don't know, analogy or story or something that I heard once about this, this lady who she just said, I'm just so lucky. I just win so many things. And you know, she's talking to a friend of hers and her friend's like, well, I don't win anything at all, you know? And she's like, really? And she's like, how many competitions do you enter? And she's like, well, I don't, I never win. So I never enter them. And she's like, oh, I enter everything. 
So it's kind of like one of those like, well, yeah, of course you're going to win a lot more if you actually enter a whole bunch of stuff. Like just the, it just happens. Right. So it's kind of like, yeah, like heavenly father. If I'm like, Hey, I'm here, you know, I got some chocolate cake or some dish towels or whatever it is that I have. Like I'm going to go somewhere. You yeah. want to guide me or you just want me to figure it out on my own. And then I, I guess it goes back to what you said, Ken, like I, I know where my children are. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I love that. yeah, you know, I really do love that if a lot. Chocolate cake or something like that is, is a little bit out of your comfort zone. A question that I've, that I found myself asking, um, that just is, it's a, a fun question to consider is just in, in a silent prayer. I do this at sacrament meeting sometimes. Who do I need to notice today? Mm. And it's, it's the exact same thing. I just don't necessarily have the cake with me, but, um, there may be somebody there that, mm-hmm. okay, there's somebody I haven't recognized them before. Didn't know that they were here. I need to know. I need to notice them. I need to go up and say hi or introduce myself or whatever it is. And, um, I, I'm convinced that if we put ourselves in a position to be open to that kind of prompting, we're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's very true. Wow. I have a, I don't know, this is like a very weird talk, not weird. It's just, it's something random that keeps popping up and I don't really have a good segue. So we're just going to go random here. Um, I was thinking about number two for you, Brennan, Brendan, Brendan, Brendan. Okay. Brendan. Yes. And I was thinking about how cool it was that he came to you and asked you about, you know, a book and about your book and about chocolate cake and, and where he's at, how, even though he left the church and that kind of hurts, you know, obviously like it hurts hearts sometimes to be like, oh man, it's kind of cool that he has the teachings that he has and that now he's able to go somewhere where maybe they're not all there. Right. Like he will bring those teachings with him, even if he's not currently here. And he, it, it reminds me of, um, I mean, we've had a couple guests, but we had one in particular, Dusty Smith, who Dusty left the church for 26 years, Yeah, you know, and, and through him coming back and stuff like that, he has such a passion for the gospel now. And he learned so much being outside that it, it just, I, it goes back to what you said about, you know, heavenly father knows where his children are. And I think that even when we, when we have those loved ones who aren't where we want them to be, right. We can totally trust that heavenly father, he can move them along wherever he needs them to yeah. be when he needs them to be there. You know, um, like I said, it has nothing to do with chocolate cake, but it was just kind of like, it just wouldn't leave my my mind. So well, I was, <laughs> I was, uh, so I teach elders quorum. And, and so our lesson today, we were talking about, I made the comment that heavenly father plays the long game and mm-hmm. somebody says he plays the right game. And I love that idea that he knows what it's going to take to get Ken Williams from here to here. He yeah. knows what it's going to take to get Brendan from here to here. And mm-hmm. so he plays the right game. And so, um, I can, I can drop the, um, expectations yes. about anything about, well, what if they don't like the chocolate cake or what if they, um, aren't cause you know, I've got, there's some set of somebody in my ward whose birthday is today. And, and I could easily say, well, I haven't seen them at church for 
several months. And so maybe I won't go, but it's, um, no, if I can make connections and make sure that they know, Hey, there's somebody who notices you and somebody who mm-hmm. wants you to know, and it doesn't have to be churchy. It doesn't have to be preachy. Yeah. It's just, I'm here to, to let you know that you're not forgotten. I love that. That's another thought I had. I, one, another reason I, why I love you being proactive and like showing up for God, whatever he needs you is mm-hmm. there's no agenda built into it. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't yeah. have some secret reason to go see them because you want them to come back to church. Right. right. You want, you just, you're just an instrument in God's hands and you just want, you're going to tell them whatever you feel impressed to tell them. Right. Yeah. And just, that just rings so true to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've mentioned this on other couple other podcasts, but I'm the ward mission leader. And when they put me in, I was, I really struggled with that. I, I, I want to be genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was really struggling with how to do that, mm-hmm. but I love, I love this approach where you, I'm just going to show up and tell people I love them or, yeah. you know, go where God wants me to go and right. say what he needs me to say and not really have a reason to do it other than I'm prompted by God to do it. Mm-hmm. And then to know that even if you mess up, like, it's all right, because Heavenly Father can fix that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, even if people assume that they that you have an agenda, or, you know, they don't answer the door or whatever it is, like, it's all right. Heavenly Father's got you. I I feel like that takes so much stress off of our shoulders, too, just to expect that I'm just going to go do something good. And even mm-hmm. if it's, I don't know, I, one of my, um, we went to go get pizza the other night and there was a, I'm assuming he was maybe homeless or something, you know, just, just kind of dirty and scruffy and whatever. And he was standing outside and we got there about 10 minutes before our pizza was ready. And, um, we had our windows down cause it's nice. And, and so he kind of came over and he asked if, if we had any money, I don't ever carry cash on me. And so I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have any. And he's like, Oh, you know, he mentioned had having wanting to, to get some food. So I told him, I said, well, we're going to get pizza in like 10 minutes. You're welcome to have pizza with us, you know? And my kids kind of look at me like, mom, <laughs> you know, like mom, don't just invite random people to have pizza with us. We just want to go home. And I'm like, it's fine. And, and so then I thought about it. I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why, but I just had this like feeling, you know, I was like, I, I'm going to invite him into the restaurant instead. I'm going to let him pick whatever he wants instead of just, you know, cause I don't, I eat pineapple on my pizza. That might be as sinful as mint chocolate chip ice cream. <laughs> yeah, I don't it know. Is. It is. <laughs> and so I just thought, you know, let me just, let's just take him in. And so I, so I asked him, I said, Hey, listen, like, would you like to just get something you know, that you like, like, let's get you, you know, some soda and let's get you, you know, calzone or whatever you want. And he's like, Oh, you know, you, you don't have to do that. I'm like, no, seriously. Like I don't have cash on me, but I have my card. And, and so he was really hesitant to even walk in the store. And I thought about it for a moment and I had this feeling like how many times a day does he get rejected from someone? You know, like how many conversations does he really get to have? I'm sure that a lot of people probably try to avoid his gaze or try to, you know, like hurry off, you know, or pretend like they're on their cell phone and they're not, they're not talking to him. And, and I thought, no, like, I feel like more than food, more than money, he just needs a human connection. Like that was just the the prompting that I got. And so I, 
it was dark, you know, and I asked, I told my son to come in with me because there's, you know, I'm a woman and I just wanted to be safe and whatever. And, and so we went in and we got this guy meal. And and next thing I know, there were like a few people waiting around. Um, one person was like, oh, you should get this calzone instead. And the other person, we just started this conversation. And next thing I know, this guy was able to have a couple different conversations with some of the other guests there in the store. And by the time that, you know, his food was like, by the time our food was ready, his food wasn't quite ready yet. And so we said goodbye and we got in the car. And when I pulled out of the parking lot, I saw him and another woman sitting and they were laughing. They were just laughing so hard. And I thought it just made me feel so good. Like knowing it was, it's nothing, right? I, it was pennies on the dollar type of thing. And, and we started to pull away. And one of my sons was like, do you think that he was actually hungry? Do you think he really needed, you know, money for food? And I said, I think it doesn't matter. I said, you know, did that stop us from being able to receive the blessings of feeling like we did something that was good? You know, like we're not in control of other people. And so we don't have to have, you know, I didn't have the expectation of, oh, is he telling the truth? Or is he just going to take money and go get drugs with it or get drinks or I don't know, like whatever people think of. And, right. and I thought it doesn't matter because we did something good. We got to do something good. We got to notice somebody and we got to go do something good. And it didn't cost us hardly anything at all. And, you know, maybe that's all he needed. I don't know. Who knows? But I love the idea of taking the expectation off of people and just doing something good for the sake of doing something good. You know, yeah, I think that's awesome. And that's yeah. the fun thing. When I do chocolate cake, a lot of times I'll get, um, sometimes it's, it's a, it's a, uh, a doorway conversation. Hey, mm-hmm. I get about you. And the shortest one that I had was another one of those um, reminders that this is making a difference. and. So I went with Edison with my youngest and we give the, uh, the cake to the, the uh, husband. And he said, thanks so much. This is an answer to prayer. And that was it. That was the, mm-hmm. that was the entire conversation. And there've been other times that we're invited in, we sit down, we get to know the family a lot better. And the, the thing that is really a sweet reminder of it's not about the cake and it is certainly not about me. Yeah. But there are a lot of times as I talk to people, I discover that it's a birthday or it's a, um, maybe somebody just lost a job or yeah. maybe some, something just, I had, there's a sister in Howard who came up to me a few months ago and she said, did, did you make cakes today? And I said, <laughs> yeah, it's Sunday. Of course I did. <laughs> Do you have one that I can have? I said, absolutely. So I give her Aww. a cake. And she said, I know somebody who's going through a really tough time right now. And so wow. the, the message can spread, but it is, it is so regular that I get some kind of feedback that, that I was at the right place at the right time. It's just, it's, I, like I said, I can't imagine taking that away from myself. It's just, mm-hmm. why would I, why would I do that? Yeah. Wow. I love that. So I love your holster. I love all the stories, all of the things I'm going to have to get your book. So, so if someone's interested in your book, is that available on Amazon or somewhere? Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right. We'll we'll make sure to get the link for you for, and put it in the description so that anyone who wants it can grab it and then they can try some of your cake. Now, do you just have the regular recipe or do you have the vegan and the gluten-free recipes in there? So the, the vegan, I could put the vegan in there, the you should. <laughs> but um, you just use gluten-free flour, whatever gluten-free flour. I found oh. that almond flour doesn't work really well, but if you did a, a measure for measure, Krusty's has one, King Arthur has one and okay. a measure for measure flour is going to give you a really good result. 
Um, it'll look a little bit different. It doesn't rise quite the same. Mm-hmm. Um, vegan vegans know what to substitute. You just use a plant-based butter and um, a, a nut milk. And then for eggs, you use an egg substitute um, like right. um, flax, flaxseed, which I okay. had a vegan at work who said, you know about flax? Yeah. <laughs> I, understand, <laughs> I understand egg substitution. But that's, that's all it is. It's just substitutions with what whatever you would normally substitute. Okay. Well, then there you go, guys. I expect everybody to be making chocolate cakes, and I expect many of them to be delivered to my door. <laughs> so I will tell you one quick one quick story. I had a, when I when I uh, share the the story, I sometimes will slip in. If the spirit says Brother Williams needs a cake, he probably needs a cake. <laughs> There's this young man from my ward that brought me a whole nine by thirteen, a whole nine by thirteen pan. Oh I my gosh. <laughs> There's a huge cake, this piece taken out of it. And mm-hmm. I was not home when he dropped it off. And he had this note, Brother Williams, I'm so sorry, but my dad said you would probably want to share with him. And he took a, a piece before he even leave. <laughs> and it was such a, again, it's not about the cake. It's about oh, the it's so funny. And so, and of course, I would absolutely share with him. Yeah. So. Wow. That's so cool. Very cute. Well, oh. Ken, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share? My uh, my last thought is um, there's there's a concept that is it's the five second rule and um, Mel Robbins has a whole book mm-hmm. about the five second rule and the bottom line is when you get that prompting act on it and you have to act on it you have to do something towards it within five seconds otherwise you're going to talk yourself out of it because right. it is so easy to be too tired to go serve or to do something nice. And if you act on it, if you make the plan within five seconds, you will see miracles. And mm-hmm. I've seen too many of them. I can't, which is why I cannot let anybody say chocolate cake is not spiritual because it 100% is. Oh, wow. Love it. Yep. Absolutely. My cheeks hurt from smiling so much today. I just want you to know, I'm going to have to go like rub them out. <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's very um, inspirational. I yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this with us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and I think it's like the perfect time of year. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're getting into all of the holidays and and just where like people really do want to start thinking outside of themselves. And so I think that this is a a great way to maybe start your own family traditions. Yeah. Right, start your own little Sunday you know, service day and, and see how you're going to reach out, notice somebody else and bring a little bit of, a little bit of extra light into their life. So Ken, thank you so much for reaching out to us and for sharing your story, sharing your light. We really, really have enjoyed having you as a guest on the show. We're going to invite you back anytime, (laughs) any, any other time that you have, you know, the the only requirement is you are going to have to ship us some of your I'll make it before we record. So, (laughs) so then we can actually be eating it as we're listening to your story. (laughs) I'm open to that. There you go. Awesome. Well, thanks again for being on the show and thank you for all the listeners to tuning in to hear Ken's story. We really appreciate you guys being here. If you have a story that you'd like to share that you think could inspire others, Go to latterdaylights.com and let us know so we can have you on the show. 
Absolutely. And be sure to check out Ken's book. We will share that link in the description so you guys can pick up your own copy. Maybe pick up two copies and share the book with somebody else. That could be a little start to your tradition. <laughs> I think that that would be awesome. But um, And speaking of sharing, guys, make sure that you do your five-second missionary. Uh, what do we call it? Five-second missionary. missionary Scott, what's work. Missionary work. <laughs> Yes, it's a tough word. I know. Words are very hard. (laughs) And click that share button. Let us know what your favorite part of the show was, what you guys do to spread light. We would love to hear from from all of you guys. Um, And until next week, I hope you guys have a a great time spreading the gospel and sharing love and and light and truth and all of those good things. Making cake, eating cake. All of the things. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Have a great one. Take care, guys. We'll see you. Bye-bye.